0: to God briefly, as the Lord to speak to you through his word, say, Father, I'm here to listen to you and to receive your word, speak to me through this mentality of your word. Father, we thank you. Thank you that since we came to this church this morning, you've been speaking to us. You spoke to us through songs, through prayers, through songs, through playlets. Now we want to also listen to you. Father, speak to us. Holy Spirit, unveil the word to us and show us Jesus and that will be enough for us. None of us will leave this place the same Lord. We pray that your word will find us. Your word will impart us. Your word will transform us. Your word will cause us to obey you and go forth and do the needful. For one thing is needful. May we also hold on that one thing. So that will be profitable to you. Holy Spirit, we hand over to you. Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank God for this privilege uh, to be here this morning. Um want to particularly thank uh the Vicar Church, the Venerable. Honorable Professor Samike and the wife, Dr. Ruby, and uh, the entire clergy here, and Church Council for the privilege uh, given to us to be here this morning. Uh, I don't want to take it for granted. I want to say thank you for that privilege. Because whenever we have this kind of privilege, uh, it's a time for us to pay our debts ...because we are debtors to our generation. So we give thanks for that. Uh, the topic is Goyi... Uh, ...implementing the NIFES strategy... ...and vision... ...for wholesome discipleship... ...in our contemporary world today. So we are looking at GOI, ...and I've seen there that that's the theme for the church uh, this year, 2021. But our emphasis today uh, will be on the NIFES strategy. NIFES is a Nigerian fellowship of evangelical students. Uh, It's a national and also it's a global fellowship. Internationally we call it IFES, nationally we call it NIFES, and uh, our focus is to reach out to the unsaved, and we shall be sharing briefly, because um, uh, three hours will not be enough for us to share the vision of NIFES, our strategy towards reaching out. So we just briefly look at it as God grants us uh, space in this service. Uh, Go Ye, implementing the NIFES strategy and vision for wholesome discipleship in our contemporary world today. I want to thank God for the playlist. It was so clear, so explicit. Um, it made it clear to us why we are here why we are here on earth and I keep asking myself why am I here on earth why is it that God is still keeping me alive Uh, because for those of us who are born again the moment you give your life to Jesus you are qualified to go to heaven and so if God is keeping you back here on earth it's for a purpose and the question you will keep asking yourself is Am I fulfilling that purpose? In our times we think that is acquiring wealth when you are so rich and your children that are doing so well and you say, I have arrived. Thank God for that. Thank God for riches. We need your riches for the gospel. Hoping that you are also releasing it for the gospel. But may I announce to us that whatever you have here on earth ends here. The only thing that counts is your relationship with God and the exploits God used you to rot in your own generation. What counts is that when you stand before Him, you'll be able to see. Paul said, um, I'll finish. It's time for me to depart. What remains is the crown of life that will be given to those that serve him. Are you serving him? You, have you keyed into this GUI call? Clarion call, somebody just called it. Uh, it's a command and God expects that every one of us will key into it. This is the theme of the church. This is February, second week, second month of the year. What have you done? Have you reached out to a soul this year? For that purpose, you are living. And if you have not, you have failed. And I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. Now, let's, sorry, um, have to run. Uh, if we must do one or two things So if you turn your Bible with me to uh, Matthew 28 Matthew 28 uh, Maybe we we'll read from verse 18 uh, The Bible says there When they saw him, they worshipped him But song, but song. doubted and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May God bless the reading of His Word in Jesus' name. And also, in our lesson, we read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 14. And we saw clearly that the reason for our living is to serve Him. Verse 15 made it clear to us. The Bible says, uh, He died so that those who live who no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So that's the essence of our living. So that we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and then rose again. So the question is, are you living for yourself or are you living for him? It's very important that you look into it and, answer it and then the Bible says if you are in Christ Jesus you are a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new and as 20 says to us that we are now now that all things are passed away we are Christ's ambassadors ambassadors are representatives of their nations ambassadors protect uh, the interests of their nations. Whose interests do you protect here on earth? Something that you need to answer. Uh, do you protect the interests of heaven? Do you pursue the mandate of heaven? Or do you pursue your own mandate? You have set a goal for yourself this year. And you are pursuing it. Your concern is to make sure that at the end of the year you will be able to say yes. And this goal is your own, not its own. He's not aware of it. It's something you want to achieve. You want to be great in life. Great without Jesus is nothingness, no matter what people tell you about you. So the Bible says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end end of age. But before that command, uh, before that verse 19, there was a verse 18 where God, Jesus began to say, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. That verse 18 preceded verse 19. Jesus was assuring the sense. He not any other disciple or apostle, but Jesus himself was the one speaking. And he was speaking to all the disciples, not some of them. You know, somebody in the playlet was saying, I'm not a pastor. If I want to preach, then I'll make sure I do this, I do that. I'm not a pastor. I'm a medical doctor for 25 years. I have to practice my profession. But... I see Jesus here speaking to every one of us Every person here that calls himself or herself a child of God Jesus is saying, go ye And when you go, he says, these signs will follow you You know, at times, especially young people here You pray, you fast, you want to receive the power of God You want to receive anointing This is the easiest way of receiving anointing If you want to touch miracles if you want to rot, God to rot miracle through you, this is the easiest way. As you go, it will follow you. As you obey the word of God, as you listen to him, obey the word of God, reaching out, signs and wonders will follow you. I'm also noting here from the passage we read, if you start from verse 16, that he was speaking to his disciples. He was speaking to those who who are his followers, his followers, he was speaking to them. I also noticed that. And um, I wouldn't know whether you are his disciple. It's possible that you are here, you've been in the church for so many years, and you are so committed, and, and um, you know, you are this, you are that. You know, in our church, we have so many titles these days and you pride yourself in the one you have received, and you think that that qualifies you to go to heaven. I'm noting here that the people Jesus was sending were his disciples. Are you a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ? That's the first thing we need to address this morning. When Jesus was speaking in John chapter 8, the Bible tells us from thirty-one 1 that he... He was speaking to those that believed. And he said to them, If you obey my word, then you are my disciples indeed. It's possible that you can mention a day you gave your life to Jesus. Can I announce to you that he was speaking to those that believed in John chapter 8. Not unbelievers. But when he began to talk about issue of discipleship, he said Bible says, he said to those that believed, uh, if you continue in my word, then, there is a then, in that Bible passage, then, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Do you know, some of us are still in bondage. Some of us, even though Christians, we are still in bondage. And that's why you are not free. That's why you live in fears. That's why you cannot exercise authority. You cannot exercise freedom, as it were, because you are not yet free. It's only when you obey his word that you receive your freedom. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Excuse me, can you please? You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourself. Are you are you his disciple? Because we are here to address that matter this morning briefly. And he was speaking to his disciples, and he said to them, "This authority I release to you. Just go ye and preach the gospel, and signs and wonders will follow you. As you preach, things will begin to happen. But can I ask you this question, please? Are you Christ's disciple? Uh, You better answer it." Judging not another man's uh, servants. May you please uh, judge yourself to know whether you are one, whether you are obeying his word, whether you are continuing in his word that qualifies you in everything you do, not being selective, because that's the kind of Christianity we practice. We are selective in obedience to the word of God. And that is why, you know, God is not happy with us. That is why. We cannot do an exploit. That is why nothing is happening. I keep telling people that the problem of Nigeria is not Buhari, it's not Boko Haram, it's not Lesman. The problem of the, the problem of Nigeria is the church. When we come together and become what we are supposed to be, the Bible says we can speak to a mountain and it will shift. We can say to a mountain, be made plain and it becomes like that. But we are not united we are not one when jesus was praying in john chapter 17 he said that they all may be one even in this his resurrection chapel don't be surprised that we are not one don't be surprised so how can we do exploits how can we take dominion the bible says that the light shines and darkness could not comprehend the light how come it looks as if darkness is taking over everywhere? It's because we are not what we are supposed to be. It's because we are not obedient to the call of the master. So to this morning, this morning, let me not deviate uh, so that we'll be able to touch one or two things uh, before the time is over. Now, it is the expectation of God that we bear much fruit and fill the earth with disciples. We need to bear fruit, fill the earth with disciples. The Bible says in John chapter 15 verse 8, John 15 verse 8, the Bible says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In other words, as you are bearing fruit, it shows that actually you are a disciple. Disciple. If you are not bearing fruit, you are not. Showing yourself, that's NIV. Showing yourself to be my disciples. So bearing fruit, you know, obeying this command, this call, shows that actually you are God's disciple. Bearing fruit, reaching out, bearing fruit, living Christ-like life. That's the first fruit. Because people have to eat from your life before they begin to eat from what you're saying. So we need to bear fruit. And that's the command. And that shows that we are followers of Jesus. We are disciples. And like I said, bearing fruit has to do with living Christ-like life. And also reaching out to the unsaved. If you read Isaiah chapter twenty, 27, Isaiah 27 verse 6. Isaiah 27, verse 6, the Bible says there, In the days and generations to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and send forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit of the knowledge of the true God. In the days and generations to come, Jacob shall take root Now, one of the things that must take place, if God must use you, if you must be an instrument in God's hands, is that you have to take root. You cannot give what you do not have. If you must obey this call of go ye, you must take root. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says rooted. You have to be rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. There is a routine that must take place in your life. A routine that comes as a result of studying the word of God. A routine that occurs as a result of praying. A routine that comes as a result of fellowshipping and meditation on the word of God. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the people of God. So there is a routine that must take place. Our generation, we are so, so, so busy and so distracted. That, that's, that's why many of us are empty. And that is why some of these false prophets are having their day. Because they will tell you something that is not in the word of God. You believe because you don't have the word of God in you. First and foremost is that Jacob shall take root. There is a rooting that must take place. You must be rooted in the word of God. You must give yourself to the studying of the word. Growing in the word of God. If you must go in, So that when you are speaking, you are speaking the word. You know what you are saying. Somebody preached and preached wonderfully. I think he copied it maybe from internet. And he preached wonderfully. And um, people were blessed. After the service, somebody confronted him and said, Pastor, I don't believe what you said. Do you, what, it, it's not possible. And he looked, he looked around and said, me too, no belief. Uh, I don't believe too. I don't believe too, but I felt that was what they wanted to hear, and so I have given it to them. Because we are not rooted, we are not giving ourselves to the word of God. So the first thing that must happen to Jacob, to Israel, to us, the children of God, is that we must be rooted. The pursuit of money has taken this thing away from us, and that is why we are not focused in life. That is why we have we are no more you know, we are no more following. We are no more following and doing what should be done as children of God. We need to be rooted in Him. We need to be built up in Him so the beauty of Christ will be seen in our lives. The beauty of Christ will be seen in us so that even when you have not opened your mouth, even though you must open your mouth to preach, but people will see Christ in you and give thanks to him the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 14 that the word became what? flesh and dwelled among men the, he didn't dwell among uh, angels he dwelled among men and they behold there is a beholding there is a beholding you must live your life in such a way That the people around will see Christ in you. We are having Bible study somewhere. And we came to the issue of perfection. And somebody stood up. A leader in the church stood up and said, You people should stop saying that. It's not possible to be perfect. We are human. When we see him, then he will perfect us. The Bible says when we see him, he will be as he is. He forgot that the Bible says that when we see Him, we will be as He because we are as He is here on earth, not in heaven. Your holiness is not needed there because everybody there is holy. This is where your holiness is needed. And the Bible says, until we come to the fullness of Christ's stature, except if you are saying that Jesus is not perfect. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus said, Be ye perfect, for I am. Be ye perfect, just as your heavenly father is what? Is perfect. That is the scripture. You know, they have deceived us, even our past, some of our pastors, they have deceived us. Yes, you are not holy, but that is not the standard of God. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, the foundation of God stands short. He cannot change it. Because it's good you know the truth. So that when you are not measuring up, you know that you are not measuring up. And you do the needful. For one thing is needful. We must stop deceiving ourselves. There is a routine that must take place if you must go in. Because you cannot give what you do not have. Sorry, time will not permit us to go into details. Then the Bible also tells us in the same Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 31. And the Bible says, And the remnant that has survived of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. You take root downward and then it's what is done that will do what will come forth. If you have not taken root downward, you cannot bear fruit upward. And that's the problem many of us are having. I want to challenge us. If you call yourself a child of God, a Christian, go back to the Word of God. You must go back to the Word of God. We are brought up, you know what what we are taught in Scripture Union. No quiet time, no breakfast. That's what we are taught. And that has been helping us. So when you wake up, you tell yourself, Yes, I must do my quiet time today. And it's helping us. It's helping us. And it will help you. We need to grow to be what God wants us to be. To be useful to our God. We need to be rooted in the word of God. We need to allow the word of God to have his roots, his place in our lives. So that we'll be useful to him. If not, if, not, if, if you touch the word of God, you'll spoil it. You bring shame to the word of God. And I pray it will not be a portion in the name of Jesus. Now, we are looking at GOE and NIFES strategy. NIFES strategy. You know, and what is NIFES vision? NIFES vision is to be a movement of Christ like students in Nigeria, tertiary institutions. That's the vision of NIFES. To be a movement of Christ-like students, Christ-like, not just Christians, but Christ-like students, so that when you see us, you have seen Jesus. Christ in His own time took responsibility of His day. In John chapter nine, verse five, He said, "As long as I am in this world, I am the light." That's the kind of students who want to bring up in Niphas. Christ-like. Light everywhere. And Bible says, darkness could not comprehend the light. People that will shine for Jesus and darkness will not be able to comprehend that. That's the vision of Niphas. That's the vision of Niphas. To bring forth... To be a movement that will bring forth Christ-like students in Nigeria Tertural Institution. Transforming the campus. And we also, part of the vision is to go beyond the campus and transform the society upon graduation. Upon graduation. When you graduate, that light keeps shining. That light keeps shining. Wherever you find yourself, in your offices, wherever your community You are there shining for Jesus. Shining for Jesus. That's the vision of NIFES. And in order to achieve that, we came up with uh, six priorities that will help us to achieve that. To make sure, first and foremost, that we're able to raise Christ-like students and also on graduation will influence the society. The first priority is... Engaging the tertiary institutions. Engaging the tertiary institutions. Our goal here is engage the campus with the gospel for campus transformation. We have lecturers, artisans, students, non-academic staff as part of the campus. In what best way can we engage them and introduce the gospel through a birth? Remember, we are fishers of men, not fishers of uh, fish. So, you know, you know, Jesus in Matthew chapter four, verse nineteen, said, "Follow me, and I will make you what fishers of men." So, in life, first, it's clear to us that we are fishers of men. So, wherever we find ourselves, we know that we are there to represent Christ and to fish men. In your office, that is just a platform. For you to serve him. You know, some of us think that our offices are where we make money. I have a, a colleague uh, where I work. He said his office is the main market. So he takes money from students and other things. He said, This is my main, uh, what's the market at Ornisha? I think mem market. Uh-huh, mem market, you know. So something like that. But for us in Nifers, is a platform to manifest Christ. It's a platform to lead people to Christ. And for that purpose you are living, whatever responsibility God has given you, whatever space God has given you, is a platform to serve Him. It's a platform to show Christ to others. The Bible says that the, the Word became flesh And they beheld his glory. Full of what? Grace and truth. So wherever you are, you are there to influence lives. To draw lives to Christ. For people to see Jesus in you. For people to see Jesus in you. And for you to reach out to them. It's a platform. We are taught that it's not first money. It's not first salary. And that is why when a better job is on your way, you first pray and ask God, are you sending me? If he's not sending you, you are not going. Because it's not first about money. It's about posting. The Ukochukus will understand better when I talk about posting. When Bishop, or Bishop now said, I'm posting you to this place. You have no choice. So we see, we see ourselves as ambassadors. You know, you don't have permanent ambassadors. You can be posted to UK. Tomorrow you are posted to US. The other day you, to Liberia. And you don't have choice. We are on posting. So, but we need to be sure that it is the Lord posting us. And when he posts you, when he locates you, he will send their location. What we don't understand is that the earth is the laws. There is no limitation. One who was complaining to me that he, 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 the bishop decided to punish him and posted him in a village I said, sorry. For it is possible that that was what he had in his mind, but God you are serving is also in that village and may be more visible in that village for you. Because nothing hinders him. Bad road does not stop God from doing whatever he wants to do. Nepal or no Nepal, it doesn't stop him from doing whatever he wants to do. He is the Lord. The earth is the Lord. You must have that understanding. So, what we do, how do we achieve this? Number one thing we do is to conduct a need based assessment on prevailing social issues on the campus. So, what we do when we come to a campus, we study the campus, know the needs of the campus. So, we have a need-based assessment. Assessment. And you have to be strategic as a church. You don't just do what others are doing. You study your environment. Know the needs of your environment and know the approach under under God you must use in order to reach out to souls. And wherever you are, in your offices, you prayerfully map out strategies on how to reach out to your colleagues. Or your co-students. So, what we do in NIFES, in order to engage the tertiary institutions, is to start conduct a need-based assessment on prevailing social issues on the campus. Try, we know the issues that are prevailing in that particular campus. In all the campuses, you know, we try to reach out to every campus. We have people that are doing that, and then when that is done, we create discipline groups for academic excellency also. We also, you know, make sure that some of our senior friends are discipling um, the younger ones uh, because we believe that our God is God of excellence. And so our students must, to, must also excel because the Bible tells me that Daniel and his brothers were ten times better than others so one of the things we we'll let our students to know is that the fact that you have Jesus, you in know, a, in a places you above others. Because the Spirit of God does not only teach you, the Bible says he teaches, he reminds So when you go into an exam hall and you are forgotten, you say, Holy Spirit, remind me. But remember that he teaches. It's only when you sit down to read that he teaches you. Not when you are playing away your time. And the Holy Spirit reminds you what you have read, not what you did not read. So you have to understand that. So we believe in academic excellence. And we try to men- you know, disciple and mentor our students so that they will excel. Those of them in our different fellowships. You know, we also encourage our Christian lecturers to disciple junior lecturers. Some of you here, perhaps you are lecturers. You've been here for years. If Jesus comes now, what will you present to him? Since you've been working here, the medical doctor for 25 years. What have you to present? You tell him the number of people you have got, He has healed through you through uh, drugs. You don't know that first and foremost, you are Christ's representative here, that that's your office, that's your profession is a platform. To reach out to souls. How come that a sick person. Will pass through you. Without hearing the gospel. How come that students. Will pass through you in a semester. In a session. Without hearing the gospel. You were a failure to your maker. You were a failure to your maker. You were a failure. You are unprofitable to him. And you think that. Uh, is just working hard to become a professor. That's why you are here. What has your professor to do when you drop death? When you die, everything ends here. It does not make any meaning. That does not mean that you should not work hard in order to be a professor. There's, nothing prob- There's no problem becoming a professor. But first and foremost, you are here for a purpose. And some of us here, you have not even opened the... In fact, some people, when I was in secondary school, there was this teacher there. We never knew that he was a Christian. So, one of the teachers came and was sharing with us in our fellowship. And now, made reference to that teacher and called him brother. We said, hey, this one, is he brother too? Because we never knew him as a brother. He never came to our fellowship to share with us or encourage us. And in his class, he has never behaved like a Christian. So, when that teacher now said, brother, X, Y, Z... We just looked at ourselves. Say, this one, a brother too. Some of you are like that. Your consign is to go to class and teach. Even some of you don't even go to class to teach. That one is another matter. But that is not why we are here. We are here to let us know why we are here. You need to know why you are, where you are. You have to be profitable to your master. It's a charge in Second Timothy chapter four, two, preach the gospel. It's a charge. It's a commander. And when you are not doing it, you are a failure. It's possible that you brought all the money used to build this uh, chapel or chaplaincy or whatever to God be the glory. The money belongs to him. If you didn't bring, God will still bring. It's not about your money. But your money is for his service as well. If you keep it, he will touch somebody. Something happened in just many, many years ago. God called some brethren and gave them an assignment. But that assignment would take a huge amount of money. And these brothers did not have cover. And they said, Father, we don't have money. And it was very urgent. And God said, go and do what I've asked you to do. So they sat down, planned the program, drew their budget, and presented their budget to God. And said, Father, this is the budget. Provide it. And we are ready to obey you. They sat down and continued planning without further Suddenly, somebody drove in and gave them a very fat envelope. In fact, they prayed a prayer said, Father, the Bible says that cattle in a thousand hills are yours. If it entails selling some of your cattle, please sell and send the money to us. <laughs> somebody drove in with a fat envelope but was not happy. Frowned his face. I said, are you so and so? I said, yes, take. Then I said, what's the problem? He said, I'm coming from Bauchi. I saw some of my cows. And God commanded me to bring all the money to you. Imagine. He had already planned what to do with that money. But God said, This money you must send it to Jos And Bauchi to Joss about two and a half hours. He had to obey. So don't think that without your money... It's not about it. Say, if I'm hungry, will I tell you? I don't need to tell you. I have access to everything. I created everything. What you are saying, God is more interested in your life. God is more interested in your willingness to go forth. The essence of your living is to reach out to other lives. And if you don't have that understanding, you are a failure. If you are not doing that, you will a failure, You are unprofitable servant. And you remember the command that was given by God concerning that unprofitable servant. God did not just say, okay, you are unprofitable, or i go. So, take him to the abyss. This one does not deserve to live. So, you need to be careful. You need to ask yourself, what shall I present before him? The way you have planned how to achieve this, expand the hospital, do this, do that. What have you done in order to expand the kingdom of God? So in i we try to encourage our senior Christian lecturers to disciple the younger ones. The younger lecturers, do you disciple them? Students, do you disciple them? Do you reach out to them? Encourage Christian lecturers to mainstream biblical worldview in their lectures in their academic papers. These are ways to reach out. I was there when our uh, vicar presented his inaugural lecture, and he used, as he was presenting, he was reading Bible, towards Bible. By his grace, when also I presented my own, I came up with so many theories that could not work, and we came up with a Bible theory that worked. And we discovered that the solution to our problem is the word of God. And the noise in the hall that there was something else. We came up with so many wonderful theories propounded by men. And we saw their limitations. Then when we came to the word of God, the theory of God, it was perfect. So, do you reach out as you are lecturing, you don't abuse it, as we pray, Holy Spirit will give you wisdom when to chip in some words. If you have two hours of lecture, education is, they told us that after one hour, you know, give a little, two, three minutes, so that they will relax their brain and then you continue. Those three minutes, you can use them to do one or two things. A student may misbehave, it will be an opportunity, it may not be a daily affair, but just tell yourself that no student will pass through you without hearing the word of God. That no student will pass through you without hearing the Word of God. Some of us, even where you have people who will teach, you still want to teach because you want to preach the gospel. Where you have three or four younger ones with you teaching a course, and they say, Sir, sir, no problem, let me say, No, I want to enter the class. Even if it's once or twice or thrice, the essence of it is to make sure that that group of students hear the Word of God. At least, I, you know, I, By the time I, they pass through me, they must have heard the word of God. Because for me, for that purpose, I'm there. Every other thing is secondary. Every other thing is secondary. I'm not there for salary increase. I'm not there for something else, but to shine, to live for Jesus. That's what we are taught in NIFES and Scripture Union And God is helping us to do that. And also, you know, so as you are presenting papers, try to find a way of putting the word of God there. Some people there might not have heard the word of God for a long while. But the way God will give you the wisdom to, you know, put it there, and they are hearing it, you know, you wouldn't know what it will do in the life of the people. Some of us who are presenting inaugural lectures, let it be a kind of opportunity for you to reach out. Nobody challenges you there. Once you are the only authority that day, when you finish, nobody talks. So, but that does not mean that you water you or whatever. Come up with a standard presentation and then Put the word of God there. Nobody will challenge the presentation. And then, when the word of God also is there, put it in such a way that it will fit into what you are saying. And people will say, Yes, it could be this that made him to be intelligent. So, we need to understand why we are living. Not when you go out, you are checking the cars to know whether uh, you have a bigger car than yours so that you can buy a new one. And uh, it will be prayed for. That is not why you are living. You are living here to reach out to souls. So that's our priority number one. Our priority number one is to engage the tertiary institutions. Our priority number two is evangelical heritage and spiritual growth. Our goal here is to see campus fellowship experience, numerical growth, and members whose lifestyle reflects our our evangelical values. Then how do we do that? You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, Uh, Verses 1 to 3. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual art of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Is his good pleasure and perfect will. And if you read Ephesians chapter four, verse thirteen, the Bible says until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that's what we want to achieve here evangelical heritage and spiritual growth of our members and also. You know, asking them to reach out to others. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. You know, when you live correct Christian life, you are not ashamed, because people will see Christ in you. So one of the things we... Uh, in 9th we do we want our members to be two representatives of Christ, uh, to live out the life of Jesus. You know Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 46, He said, Can any of you accuse me of any sin? And nobody could do that. And that's the kind of Christians we want to raise in 9th Christians that you cannot accuse of any sin. Many of us here, there are accusations over and around us, even the ones you're accusing yourself of, because you know that you are not living right. But, you know, one of our priorities is Christian heritage. You know, we want to evangelical heritage and the growth. We believe that you need to grow. That's why we are into discipleship. We are into discipleship. So, what do we do in order to achieve that? We train stakeholders. We train our staff. Night has staff. We train our staff associates. The people we call associates are people that graduated from NIFES. We train them, and we also train our students on implementation of the reviewed NIFES discipleship strategy. We have our reviewed strategy. The review came up 2018, 2021. You know, we we train them and train students on discipleship and evangelism using NIFES training models. NIFES has models for training people on evangelism and also uh, discipleship. We make sure as a naifestian that you pass through those models. By the time you are done with that, uh, God must have imparted something on your life. Then we pioneer new fellowship groups through life outreaches. We make sure that we don't just train you. You have to practice what you were taught. We embark on outreaches, missions, and so on. And so forth, making you sure, and you have to participate so that it will be part and parcel of you. You reach out and let people see that, you preach it, and you see signs and wonders following. And some of them, they've gone on missions, and they have testified of the goodness of God. God moved mightily, using students, using students to heal the sick. To open the eyes of the blind and so many other things, so many things happened, and souls we are won to Christ. Even kings came to Christ through these young people. We first trained them, we empowered them, we equipped them, and then we sent them forth. Then another thing we do is to equip students with Bible studies, writing skills to impart them. You know, you must learn how to write the Bible. You must learn how to interpret the Word of God. That's what we call inductive Bible study, and so on, and so forth. You know, the essence of it is to equip you. Because we are not just equipping you for, for the campuses. We are equipping you for the society. We believe that we will take over the society. We believe that things will not continue to be this way. And if that must happen, it's not by magic. Something has to be inside, Something has to be there. Jesus said, as long as I am in this world, there was something in him that gave him the power. There was something in him that gave him the authority. As long as I am in this world, I'm the light. I'm in charge. He took responsibility of his day. And what we do in the lives of our students in nifes is to train them so that even on campus they, they will take responsibility of their days on campus, and when they get out of campus, they also take responsibility of the society. And so for them to do that is the world. Our authority is the world. Our strength is the world. not philosophy. Philosophy will not take you anywhere. Medical knowledge will not take you anywhere. It's the world. That is why you must spend time to study the Word, to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. So we do that. We also, you know, uh, identify and respond to contemporary issues that negate our evangelical heritage. So many of them, uh, so many of them on campuses. Um, uh, um, This one they call uh, School of Holy Ghost. Is it School of Holy Ghost? They call it or whatever. Holy Spirit, uh, you know Some of them don't go to church again On Sundays like this They will bring two seats They will sit on one Keep the other one and say, Holy Spirit, come and sit down Let's have our fellowship And they will tell you they can only go to church or fellowship When The Holy Spirit permits them Then the other one is uh, Once saved is ever saved You know So, uh, once you are born again, your spirit is born again, then the body can do anything. The body will perish, because flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh He that is born of the spirit is spirit. So your spirit will just go to heaven. So the body can fornicate, the body can tell lies. All those things are Pharisees. Those things, they are not scriptural. So what we do, we package the word of God, because these are young people. You don't just tell them it's wrong, It's, it's not true. You package the word of God and explain to them why they should not believe all those things. We don't play with soft things. So there are some contemporary issues, postmodernism, and so on. We try to, you know, expose them to soft things so that they will also take them to their classmates, to their peer groups, and so on. Then identify also. We train students with skill on expository Bible preaching. To enable them to reach out to others. We also train and empower several students with entrepreneurial skills. We try to also encourage them to have skills uh, so that they don't depend on government on graduation. So these are some of the things. Those are, that one is the priority to Then priority, uh, priority three has to do with political and social engagement. In NYFES, we believe that Christians can take political positions. And so, what we do is to train our, our our students and expose them to that. Our goal here is to see the society impacted politically and socially by stakeholders with biblical worldview. If we well disciple sense, you know, and we push them into politics, then there'll be a turnaround. The Bible says that you know, the people rejoice when the righteous is there. Uh, on the throne. And if you study the life of Joseph, when he was in charge, the position of Egypt, you know, in Genesis chapter 45, 9 to 13, and Nehemiah, you know, when he was in power, and how the people, you know, rejoiced. And of course, uh, Jeremiah, the prophet, and so many of them, um, Mordecai, so many of them. So, we try to train them and prepare them for that. So that when they leave out of the, you know, when they leave the campus there and they are in the society, they'll be able to also be useful. And again, we let them know that you don't don't just get into politics because you want to get into politics. You have to be sure that the Lord is leading you. The Lord is calling you. That the Lord wants you to serve Him in that position before you get into it. Not because you like politics. Not because money is in politics. One of the things we try to ensure is that we don't project money in whatever we are doing. And you must have this understanding that it's not first about money. It's about the mandate, the interest of heaven. Whatever you are doing is first the interest of heaven, not money. And if that does not preoccupy your mind, you cannot fulfill the purpose of God on earth. Your first pursuit in life must be the interest of heaven, not your own interest. It's not about you. Jesus said, I don't have my own will. I have come to the will of the Father that sent me. A body has been prepared for me. He said, I seek not my own. It's what I hear him say, I say. It's what I see him do, I do. There is a hearing, there is a seeing. And your eyes have to be opened to see. And your ears to hear. Or else you'll be the generation of Isaiah. You know, the days of Isaiah, those people, they hear, they they have ears but they do not hear. Uh, They have eyes, but they do not see, and so on. So, you have to position yourself to see. You have to position yourself to hear. Many of us do not have relationship with our father. That is why when you wake up, whatever that comes to your mind, that's what you do. You must have the relationship. It's a father and a loving father indeed. If you know the way you love your child, he loves you more than that way you love your child. If you know the way you want to relate with your child, you so much love. The father wants to relate with you. And once you make yourself available, he is available. The Bible says Abraham drew near to God, and God drew near to Abraham. As you draw near, he draws near. You know, at times when people are talking and they, they are saying, God spoke to them. To many of us, it's so strange. How can God speak to a uh, mortal man? God speaks. He's a father. He's a father. Make yourself available you will hear him speak to you he's a loving father he he desires fellowship fellowship the bible says in the coolness of the day he comes down to fellowship with adam but something pushed him out that sin if you want to fellowship with him if you want to hear him you have to abhor him you have to hate sin the bible tells us in hebrews chapter 1 that jesus hated iniquity and he loved righteousness if you want to fellowship with Him, if you want to enjoy that father-son-daughter relationship, you must not sin. You must hate sin. And you must love righteousness. Two of them must go together. Some of us, we hate sin. Or rather, we love righteousness, but we don't hate sin. And that is why you don't condemn it. That is why a, a comedian will come to church and be playing with the Word of God and be like, ha, <laughs> ha. Which kind of nonsense is that? That's the essence of decay. You see the church inviting comedians and they were playing with the word of God in the church and people are laughing and laughing. If it were Jesus, he would have rebuked the person. Say, no! The house of my father is house of prayer. Not house of uh, comedians. So you need to understand why you are here. Many of us don't understand why we are here. And that is why you are just living your life anyhow. So what do we do in order to achieve that? We develop social engagement manual for building the capacity of stakeholders to creatively engage the society with biblical mindset. You know, some people believe, somebody was saying that I can't get into politics because I don't have money. Because we have come to believe that politics is all about money. If you don't have money, you can't do anything. But what we do in NIFES, we, we, we equip you with biblical mindset so that you now know that with God all things are possible. If God is the one sending you. Somebody came to me and was telling me that God was asking her to contest for whatever. In Anambra. I said, with all pleasure. He said, but one of the challenges is money. He said, that is where you got it wrong. It's not a bad money. If you are sure that God has spoken to you, that God is the one that has called you, depend on him. Do whatever he asks you to do. Don't do it the way others do. Your own must be different. Listen to him. Don't give money because others are giving. Listen to him. If he is the one, he will make a way for you. If he doesn't, forget it. Don't be desperate. Desperation has dealt with Many Christians that went into campus uh, politics. Despression. If it's God leading you, allow him. Have a biblical mindset. Follow it. Do it the way Jesus will do it. Whatever Jesus will not do, don't do. That's what we teach them. And many of them are in uh, in politics and are doing well. Identify and mentor stakeholders that will be involved in campus, community, state, and national politics. We try to know those that have that calling and start early, you know, to mentor them, you know, to work on them and expose them to the word of God and show them in the Bible people that God used in politics and see they did not compromise and they got to the height God had destined for them. And that if you continue without compromising, God will still take you to whatever height. He has prepared for you And so many other things we know We try to let them know about the word of God Then priority number four Because we have about six of them Information and communication technology Our goal is to maximize and deploy ICT To enhance NIFES ministry operations You know most younger people now uh, Most young people spend more hours on cyberspace If you want to reach out to them we have to go to their habitants. But that's where they stay. Many of them, don't be surprised if you watch them in the church now. If you don't have enough uh, ushers to watch and observe them, you'll be, they'll be doing like this. So their habitant is the cyber. So we try to post things there. We train our members on how to reach out to these younger ones through ICT. And we also have strategies for that. And then... Um, The fifth one is leadership development. We also develop our members for leadership. And then the sixth one is fund mobilization and development. Because the gospel needs money. So we also, you know, develop them that area so that whatever you have, you know, is for God's work. And there are some people that God will raise purposely for sponsoring his work. And so if God is leading you that direction. You need to know that whatever he gives to you is for his work. So these are some of the things because my time is almost up and I always like to keep to time, as it were. If you read, read Luke chapter 8, 1 to 4, and so many other things. Now, I would like to round off now. Uh, I'm sorry I can't continue. There are so many other things to share that I can't because of time. The last is Isaiah chapter 23. Isaiah 23, 4 and 5. Isaiah 23, 4 and five. The Bible says Be ashamed, O Sidon, mother city of Tyre, now a widow bereaved of her children, for the sea has spoken the stronghold of the seed, saying, I have neither travelled nor brought forth children, I have neither nourished or reared young men, nor brought off virgins. Does this passage represent you? Be ashamed, O Sidon. Mother city of Tyre. Now, a widow believed of her children. Many of us, even in our families, our children, we are believed of our children. Even though you are Christians, but because of your pursuit of money, because you don't have time, your children are lost. You don't have time to minister to them, to play the role of father or mother. And to start with, as they watch you and observe you, they don't even see Christ in you. And so when you are preaching, during the morning, devotion or whatever, if at all you have such a thing in your family, and you are saying, do not do this, do not do that, they will just look at themselves. Because they know you are doing it. There was this family, Christian home. The father kept telling them, do not take alcohol. As a child of God, don't. But the man was taking. He didn't know that the children knew what he was doing, whenever he wanted to buy alcohol, he would go to wherever they are selling it uh, carry a ketu pour the tin inside the ketu he would now take it to his house and hide it under his bed and he would be sipping from the ketu he never knew the children saw him and so when they gained admission when they went to Tashare Institution, one day they went to a restaurant and ordered for beer and we are drinking beer and so a man that knew them, a man that knew their background, saw them and shouted on them, Do you know what you are doing? If your father sees you here, you are in trouble. And they laughed and said, Uncle, we learned it from our father. It's not that he doesn't go to a restaurant. He buys his own, pours it inside the kettle, hides it under his uh, bed and sips from it. The man did not know what to say again. The Bible is saying here, "Be ashamed, O Sidon." See the responsibility God has given to you, the opportunity, the platform God has given to you, the children God has given to you. Starting from your family to your workplace, those of us who are lecturers here, or wherever you are working, and you are you are of your children, the devil has taken over. They are serving the enemy, and God is saying, "Be ashamed." because i have given you every authority every power all the resources you need i've made available to you but you have not put into use be ashamed for the sea has spoken the stronghold of the sea saying i have neither traveled how can you do exploit when you have not traveled how can a woman bring forth when she has not traveled you are not interested in your consigned is your, is your profession. You don't even pray for the children, for the, for the students, for your colleagues. Asking God for strategies on how to reach out. You have not traveled in living out the life of Christ. You have not traveled in prayers. You have not traveled in reaching out, sharing the gospel. Maybe using tracts. As you share the trust, he said, understand that thou, what you are reading. From there, you know, when you pray, when you travel, God will give you this strategy. He said, I have not traveled, nor brought forth children. I have neither nourished or reared your men, nor brought up virgins. I pray that God will help us. Sorry we don't have time. And we have to stop here. But you need to know that you are here for a purpose. And one day you will stand before God to give account. Your money will not go with you. Your certificates will not go with you. All the wealth you have acquired will not go with you. Your car will not go with you. You will stand before him to give account of every second you spent here on earth. And all the opportunities he gave to you, you have to explain to him how, to, how you put them into use. When you stand before God, When you stand before him, what if your own is today? What if yours is tomorrow? What account will you present before him? Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, No, no, don't touch me. I have not gone to the Father to give account. If the Son of Man, if Jesus was expected to give account, what of you, do you know that one day it will be at dawn? What will you present before him? Will you meet him empty-handed? Shall we pray? Can you talk to God this morning? Can you talk to God? All the opportunities God has given to you, did you put them into use? If Jesus stands before you now, will he say, well done my daughter, well done my son, you have done well. You have done wonderfully well. Will he be satisfied with you? Some of us are, are doing something. But are you doing enough? Based on the grace God has made available to you. And the opportunities he has made available to you. You cannot do this. If you are not first a disciple. You cannot do this. He was talking to Jacob Israel. His people. If you are not yet born again. Again. If you are not yet born again, you cannot fit into this. It's possible that you've given your life to Jesus, but you just know that your life, like we put in John 8, verse 46, Jesus said, Can any person accuse me of any sin? And nobody could. You, you, see, you cannot give what you do not have. Can you first cry to God for your own life? And say, Father, I cannot bring life to you if I don't have life. The Bible says that that life was the light that lightens every man. Is your life light? Are you a life light? Can you ask God to have mercy on you? Can you make a promise? Can you say, Lord Jesus, take over this life? I've been in charge. I've been in control. I've been in control over my life. Doing things the way I like. But I've seen it will not profit me. I will end up, I will end up, Disgrace on that day. I see God saying, Shame to you because you have not fulfilled His purpose. Can you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life? If you want to give your life to Jesus, very simple. Just pl- place your right hand on your chest, on your chest, just on your heart. Just place it there. Place it there. And you are saying, Lord Jesus. You see, there's no, you don't need to be ashamed. It's a privilege to be a child of God if you are doing this, just place your right hand on your chest and say, Lord Jesus come into my life God bless you, God bless you can you talk to him and say, Lord come into my life Holy Spirit, I need your help on my own, I cannot do it help me Lord forgive me all my sins forgive me, forgive me forgive me and let my name be written in the book of life Lord, I thank you now, you are here And you know you are not fulfilling the mandate. You know that if Jesus comes today, he will not say, my son, my daughter, you have done well. And you are not happy. And you are asking God to help you. And you are determining today to say, Lord, today, today, now that you have opened my eyes, I will live for you. I will serve you. Every opportunity, every platform you have given to me, I will use it to serve you. And you are asking God to release help to you. To release help to you. Place your right hand on your chest. And say, Lord, please, I need your help. I promise. I've not been doing it well. But henceforth, 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 I, I want to do it well. Give me the grace. Give me the grace. Let that grace that is in Christ Jesus be abundantly available unto you. And you are saying, Lord, give me the grace. Give me the grace. I need your help. If that is your cry this morning, just stand up. Let's pray together wherever you are. Just stand up. You are saying, Lord, I need your grace. And also those of you that uh, place your right hand on your chest because you want to give your life to Christ, also stand up and join us in prayer. Can you talk to God? It's a dedication. It's a promise. It's a promise. And you are saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I will live to fulfill your purpose. I've been pursuing my own purpose. But henceforth, 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 I want to pursue your purpose. Can you cry to God? Can you sincerely say that? And you will receive the grace, you will receive the power to do that. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your children that are standing for you. You know why they are standing. Some are saying, Lord, come into my life. Some are saying, Father, I want to serve you. I want to fulfill the purpose for which you brought me into this world. Father, I I, have not been doing it well. Uh, Maybe I have been doing it, but I have not been doing it maximally. And today they are saying, Lord Jesus, they need your help. Release that help to them. Those that are coming to you. The Bible says as many as receive Christ, they are given the power. Let that power come upon them. The power to be overcomers. The power to live above sin. The power to live the life of Jesus. Release it into them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And those who are asking for the grace. Father, let that grace that is in Christ Jesus be abundantly made available unto them, O Lord. So that henceforth they will live to please you and fulfill your purpose. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, oh, See